Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is your host, Laura, coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the beautiful mountains of California. What would you do if you found out you only had six months to live? This happened to my sister Kate in January. After several months of tests, the doctors told her she had stage 4 pancreatic cancer that had metastasized to her liver and a separate instance of lung cancer. This was devastating for our family, who had lost both mom and dad in the past three years. But this past week was a happy one, with very little tears. Friends and family traveled far and wide to join Kate for her birthday. She said that while planning her funeral, she got jealous because she couldn't be there with all of us, so she threw herself a big birthday bash. Now, Kate is the only one of the four siblings to accept an organized religion as her faith. She was baptized Episcopalian at 16 and converted to Lutheranism as an adult. She was a small-town educator for over 36 years, teaching special ed, decades of kindergarten, and finally English as a second language. She retired from teaching just last year, using her free time to set up a stained glass studio in her basement, also teaching the craft, and traveling. That was her plan until she fell ill at the end of last year. So I took a couple of moments to interview Kate about her life, death, and God. Please forgive the extraneous background noise as we recorded in her living room with real-world sounds and a houseful of family. So here's our conversation. You were diagnosed January 4th. What bevy of emotions did you go through at first? When I was first diagnosed, I think the main emotion I had was disbelief. And that was back in October, early November, when they first even brought up the C word. Then when I received my diagnosis in January that it was terminal, I was very sad and very angry. But then I just decided, you know what, there's nothing I can do about it. I can fight it as hard as I can, which I'm doing. But I didn't want to waste time with the negativity of being sad and angry. I just kind of resigned myself to, okay, I've got terminal cancer. What am I going to do about it? And I think that's helped me the most. And what was the exact prognosis that the doctor? I don't know the technical terms. I haven't written down somewhere, but. In terms of time. Oh, as far as my prognosis for time, they said, I, I think they said, three to six months if I don't do anything, a little longer by doing chemo. So so you had a big choice. Your choice was, choice. do you go and have treatment or do you just wait it out? Right. right? And right. you chose to go through treatment. I did and see how I handled chemo. Right. Because um, that could extend your life. To- yeah. yeah. Like almost, you know. And of course, I went on Facebook groups for pancreatic cancer and 
just read how, you know, other people with stage four, sometimes they live years, sometimes not. So what is your emotional support? I have great emotional support. Um, I think to me, the the biggest is my faith right. in God. Um, I'm not afraid of dying at all because I'm so secure in the fact that I know what awaits me. The act of dying makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want the pain. And and I know in this day and age, they do a lot to of alleviate. Pain management. Yeah, yeah. Right. But um, I also don't want to be get to the point where I'm such a burden to my kids. You know, well, I don't think they'll ever see it that way. I know they won't, but I will. I mean, I already do to a certain extent. Well, you don't like asking for help I either. Don't like so we were just help. talking about that in the kitchen about yeah. how strength equals asking for help, and I think because we were all raised as very strong individual women, yeah, yeah. that it's tough for us. To ask for help. It is. It is. Because it feels like it's a failure in yeah. a way. So you have to get to the point where you do ask for help. Like when I went through my surgery and asked you guys to come right. take care of me. And that was really hard for me. I have dozens and dozens and dozens of people that keep messaging me. What can I do for you? Tell me what I can do. Oh, that's nice. And Ike and Bethany, my son and daughter-in-law, have set up a site where people can, you know, I can post, oh, I help with my yard work or we're going to lay mulch or I need somebody to come clean and put in the things I need. And then people can sign in and do that. But I haven't even opened it yet because (laughs) I don't want to get to that point. I know, but it's kind of my denial way. But, you know, as far as emotionally, like I said, I I have a strong faith. Um, I have a, a wonderful church family. Some of these people I've been going to church with for over 30 years, you know, and same thing with my friends that are here. Um, I've known them for over 35 years and that's been a huge help. Has your relationship with God changed at all? You know, I, I think in some ways I see the humor (laughs) in what's happening. Um, I had so many plans to travel. I almost bought a new house. And when that fell through, I remember saying to God, you know, I know you have a plan here. I I have no clue why this fell through, but there's a reason. And I'm sure you'll show it to me someday. And so when I became sick, I was like, this is why, you know, because the thought of moving and being in a place that wasn't my comfortable home. Right. This is your comfort zone. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being in a different house with my diagnosis. Tell me about your trip that you took. It was in January or February with your family. Oh, in January. When you went to Mexico. Why did you do it and what did it bring to you? I love, love, love traveling with my two sons and daughter-in-law. And when we go like to Mexico, all the times we've gone, we've gone a few times, we always pick remote places to go where we have our own house and can do our own cooking and immerse ourselves in the culture. Um, it always has to be on the ocean with a beach because I'm a water baby and I need to be in and the water. And you live in the middle of the country and where the there's Midwest. no ocean. <laughs> I know, it's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had given me this book to read. Should I mention the name? You can mention it. Called um, Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. And in fact, when I was first diagnosed, they told me about this podcast that he did. And it's just for preparing 
you know, letting your family know Mm -hmm. before you get sick. What do you want? What are your end of life measures that you want? What makes a good day for you? Right. You know, what's your network circle of friends and family? And what are the things that will make you happy day to day? And so one of the things was that I wanted to go on a trip and we wanted to get that in before I started chemo. So in six days, (laughs) we planned a trip. Planned and booked it. Yep. And found this beautiful place. Um, we flew into Cancun and rented a car and drove south about an hour and a half and had this beautiful little place on the ocean, and it was heaven. And, oh, that's nice. Um, I'm not giving up, though, on another trip. Yeah. For a while there, I thought, yeah, that's it, but now it's it's something that's still tucked in the back of my brain. Maybe I can do another one. Do you think hope is important for, oh, definitely. in your outlook for oh, yeah. survival? You know, and that's really interesting. And in my blog, I wrote a little bit about that, how it's been a really tough balance between being realistic and being positive. You know, everyone says, oh, you have to stay positive. And yes, I know I do, but I also want to be realistic and prepare. I I want to make this as easy as I can for my sons. So I've taken care of my cremation. I've taken care of my plot. I've taken care of all my affairs getting in order. and But don't you think that people feel awkward when you talk about that sometimes? Yes. People don't like talking about that. <laughs> they don't. And, and it's really interesting. He talks about that in the book too and said that in the U.S. we treat death like it's taboo. Right. And we need to change that because it's just, it's a part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone it, experiences it. You experience grief. You experience death, yet here in the U.S. culture, it's like taboo, right. like you said. Right, And I have a very <laughs> dark sense of humor sometimes and <laughs> gallows humor. And we'll, my boys and I will make some comment or somebody will complain about something and I'll kind of go, you know, it really sucks <laughs> having cancer, cancer. And they just get this look on their face like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, no. That's I know. But um, but it does bring you a different perspective too. Oh, totally, like totally. you can't sweat the small stuff anymore. <laughs> no, absolutely. But you were never that type of person anyway. Well, I tried not to. <laughs> Didn't always succeed. Right. Um, the other thing is, I feel like it's been a such a blessing to have time to prepare. Right. I mean, it sure. brought my youngest son back home. Mm-hmm. And the time we've had together in just these few months have been so precious for both of us. It's just kind of nice to be able to prepare. And for those of us who kind of tend to be control freaks, (laughs) it's nice to know that my funeral is going to be the way I want it. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned previously that you knew what was going to happen in the afterlife. How do you envision it? I don't know. That's a good one because I've I've read various books from people who have seen the light and come back. I've always been a huge believer in people who have crossed over sending signs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what faith is, I guess. Uh, What do I think it'll be? I think it'll be beyond our comprehension. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, it'll be amazing. (laughs) I know that. It's supposed to be pure love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the no pain, the no anger with your loved ones, whatever it is, I just know it's much better (laughs) than what we have here on Earth. Well, mom said that she saw 
uh, grandma and Marion yeah. waiting for her. And her brother. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. What do you want to be remembered for? What's your legacy? I, th- I think with my teaching, that was the most, besides my sons, <laughs> raising two amazing, wonderful young men, that I was a good teacher. I mean, teaching was my life beyond my family. Um, during the, the dark years, it saved my life. It was the, the something I was good at and did well. I, I love that I still have relationships with some of my old students. Right. Well, it's a small town you live in, I wanted to explain. And so everyone has either been a parent of a student that you've taught or has been a student that you've taught that has have grown up, and then you've had that second generation, right. too. So yeah. you're very well known in the town. And, and, yeah, and that means a lot to me. When I first was diagnosed and the cards and emails started coming, I was so humbled. Yeah. I, I was just... So you know you made a difference. I feel like lives. I have made yeah. a difference. And I have um, old students who have emailed me and tell me they're now kindergarten teachers because of me. Oh, and I love that. the sweetest thing in the world. Yeah. And I was talking to a young um, high school kid the other day and told me he's going into teaching. That's neat. So, yeah. Well, that's how you know you've done something right. Yeah. I want to be known for it. For being kind. And well, it's generous. a gift that can keep on going and can make the world a better place. Right. Right. Absolutely. And and I was a good teacher. I, I really feel like I did a good job with my students. And I think you were too. That was important to me. Well, thank you. I think that's it. Okay. I love you. Love you too. Mwah. Bye. This is Laura, and you've been listening to the Peaceful Life Podcast. Remember to keep your loved ones close and always tell them that they're loved. Just by listening, you are a spectacular human being. Thank you for joining me today.